eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. This is It's Always Game Day in Cincinnati with Lindsey Patterson and Mike Santagata. We are back on It's Always Game Day in Cincinnati. Lindsey Patterson, Mike Santagata. We are back for NFL Draft Weekend Recap. Mike, how you doing? Okay. <laughs> uh, nothing with, with draft, just uh, like we talked about. I don't know. Sometimes the flying gets to you. I, I just flew back from Chicago, and uh, I don't know. It just, uh, the tummy didn't like it. Well, I'm sorry to hear that. And hopefully you feel better. Maybe you'll feel better talking about these draft picks for the Cincinnati Bengals. We'll go ahead and get to it right now. Second round, they took DJ Turner. And, and what's um what's funny about that is right before the draft, a couple hours before the draft, there was some reports coming out that, you know, the Bengals have interest in DJ Turner. Could it be a sleeper pick at 28? And instead, he was there at 60, and they were able to get that cornerback that I think we thought could happen at 28, but they go edge, get Miles Murphy at 28, move on, and go stick with the defense and back-to-back picks. What did you think of DJ Turner at 60? I like DJ Turner. Um, he's a little bit of, and this is why I think I gave him a second-round grade, a little bit more theory than he is a full cornerback right now, more of an athlete than a corner, I guess is the common saying with that. Uh, but I thought he had some of the best hips in the class in terms of turn one way, can completely flip in no time, doesn't get off of his uh, mark as he's moving back. And uh, that actually showed up on tape a few times where all this athletic stuff, really what it does is it maximizes his uh, window for opportunity to, to still win. Like you can make a mistake and still come back and win the rep. So he's turned one way and he turns the wrong way on this one rep. And then uh, as the guy is about to win against most guys, he would win. He completely flips the entire, everything around and he ends up winning. Uh, he ends up getting back into the play and winning the rep because of that. He also, I think the fastest corner drafted at uh, what I believe was a four, two, six, at his at the uh, combine, his name is Juan Drago, which is sick. <laughs> um, yeah, it, 
I think he has some ball skills. I question the hands a little bit, but he does a good job of breaking passes up. He's only a three-star recruit, but he played really well at Michigan. And uh, it's easy to see why why he would be a second-round pick with the super, super athleticism, even though he lacks a little bit of the arm length and the size. He's under six feet tall. He's under 200 He's under 180 pounds, uh, and his arms are only about 30 and a little under 31 inches long. So there, there are guys that are longer. There's guys that are stronger. Uh, but it was a good pick, especially for where they got him. Uh, I don't think in round one this would have been a good pick, but late round two it's a great pick because there's only – I think we've talked about before, there's less than 32 round one picks, and there's probably going to be less than 60 – 60. I was trying to think of the pick there. It's like, oh, it, it was number 60. Uh, but uh, there's less than 60 guys with round one and round two grades. So to come away with one of those guys when you're picking that late is great. And it's at a position that's going to be a need next year. Yeah, I agree. And uh, getting cornerback early just felt smart. I know a lot of people felt like there were plenty of guys for a second and then a few were dropping in the third round too, but they decided to go with DJ Turner. I actually asked one of my uh, NFL guys, Brent Nolman. I just said, hey, what do you think about DJ Turner at 28? I'm hearing, you know, that's a possibility. And he's like, honestly, low key. He has crazy ball movement, and I actually would love that for Cincinnati. So um, everybody seemed to be really excited about it for him to be there at 16, and, and they were able to get Miles Murphy at 28. We'll move on to the third round. I think this was a surprise for a lot of people because when you had mock drafts out there, some people would have safety maybe later because it didn't feel like a strong safety class. And the Bengals have told us from the very beginning of the offseason when we started to hear from Duke Tobin, Zach Taylor, Brian Callahan, Luna Rumo, all of them. It's pretty much BPA, and that's what their mindset was. They got Nick Scott this offseason. They have Dax Hill going to play his first real season at safety in year two after sitting behind Jesse Bates and Von Bell. They go Jordan Battle. What did you think about that? Intriguing was my first thought. Uh, didn't expect it. I thought there were guys I probably would have preferred, but I didn't watch. I haven't watched Jordan Battle, um, but I know people that study Alabama, and I think they're very smart. They all think this guy is good. I, I mean, I don't want to say awesome. He's not the best safety on the team, even with Brian Branch there, but consistent. Um, he's a guy that I believe started right away for Nick Saban at Alabama. And that's really hard to do, especially for DBs because like Lou Anarumo treats his DBs where those guys aren't going to play as rookies. Like the, the, that's my baby. That's my group. Saban's the same way where he's like, you're not going to play right away. You're going to learn and then you'll play when you're experienced. But this guy was smart enough, came good enough technically was confident and was able to start four games as a freshman and then was a full-time starter the next three years he's actually uh the second in his high school class for safety behind dax hill so they have they have number one and number two at safety in that 2019 high school class so that i thought that was cool uh he's yeah, it feels more like the Von Bell possible replacement and insurance than it does anything else. I don't see him starting this year, and that would make all three of their first 
picks, not starters, because I don't see Murphy starting this year and I don't see Turner starting this year. I could be surprised by any of these guys starting, but I just think Nick Scott is, I mean, there's a pretty good shot. Nick Scott's your best safety, at least to start this year, because Dax Hill's not experienced at it. So your safety room for the future is probably Hill battle, but this gives you uh, another young guy like very young and on a rookie deal to throw into that spot. Uh, it seems like that may indicate that Scott is not part of the second, third year of his contract, like part of the big plans of that, although he's cheap enough that you can keep him yeah. around. Um, and I think what you'll see battle this year is probably in that big dime pseudo linebacker, or he is going to play a little bit of the Trey Flowers role, or he's going to play, you know, just three safety sets, which they're there. Uh, if there's an injury, of course, he'll play, but they're there, but it's not, I feel like it's almost more of an idea and a fun idea than it is something that the Bengals do enough for that to be a truly meaningful impact. It's going to matter, but it's not going to be like, Ooh, they're busting up the three safety set 20 times a game. Like it'll probably be three to five times a game. Maybe. I think a lot of people, they were really surprised. Um, thought, well, maybe they'll go offense or maybe they'll stick to the defensive line. Still add another corner. You could always uh, add another corner plenty of uh, guys in the secondary. And they decided to go safety. And I agree with you, you know, hearing Nick Saban from some clips before um, the football season this year, hearing him talk about battle and kind of just like the leader he is, it really reminds me of that Von Bell trait and really who the Zach Taylor era gets when it comes to these draft picks. Uh, they'll go former captains, the leader in the room. And and I think that's going to be an impact on the defense and in the locker room. But yeah, I, I, I was a little surprised just because of the Nick Scott three-year deal. So you think this is going to be more of a Jordan battle learning experience, kind of like Dax last year. And then next year will be his, his time. That would be my guess. I mean, injuries can always affect that. Uh, and I, he could win out the job against either one of the, it's, it's not good news. If he wins the job against Dax Hill, who I think will just be set to start no matter what, but if he wins the job against Nick Scott, like that's that obviously it's a waste of resources a little bit with the money, but at the same time, that's a good thing, right? Because that means he's probably at least in their eyes above a starting level safety as a rookie. And he's a little bit older of a rookie, but you know, that, that is something, something to look for because I mean, if he's able to do that, really impressive i if i'm gonna put money on it it probably doesn't happen but if it does it's a good thing it's not a bad thing okay picture this it's friday afternoon when a thought hits you i can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever or i can hop into my all-new hyundai santa fe and hit the road with available h-track all-wheel drive and three-row seating my whole family can head deep into the wild Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. I'm going to get to fourth, fifth, and sixth in the in the seventh round in our next few segments. But overall in the defense, recapping it here, at 28, they go Miles Murphy, DJ Turner. At 60, they get Jordan Battle in the third round. And what do you think about the defense as of now? Because there's plenty of offseason left. They could add more undrafted free agents. Some guys could end up getting cut from teams cur currently on teams right now where they could add more depth to their defensive line. But overall, what do you think about this Bengals defense? 
I think some people think is all about getting better this year and they're not better this year than they were last year. In my opinion, when you lose Jesse Bates, when you lose Von Bell, that makes it difficult. Maybe they're better than what they had in the chiefs game because you were down Chido Bay and that's going to be a big person coming back, especially if he's able to come back at the same level he played at before the injury. But this is to me about getting cheaper when the offense is going to get expensive and it's kind of sad, but I feel like both these moves signal at least the possibility that neither Chida Bayouzi or Trey Hendrickson will be back after these deals because they want to get young. They want to get cheap. They wanted to work within the Burrow Higgins chase contracts possibly. Well, and those have to get done first, but uh, you know, at least two of those are getting done and hopefully all three. So that would be my thought is, are they better this year than they were last year on defense? Probably not, despite all the draft resources put in. Are they set up for more future success and able to work within a smaller cap window? Absolutely. And I think that's it is just, you have so many resources in terms of cap and you have so many resources in terms of draft that they were all cap towards the defense. They had the most expensive defense, at least as of a year or two ago. Now they're preparing themselves to be one of the most expensive offenses and draft capital on the defense. So they're kind of, it's the changing of the guard. They were uh draft capital on offense cap on defense and now they're going to be cap on offense draft capital on defense i want to stay with defense because we obviously did a recap pod on thursday night it was around midnight 11 ish when we were talking about miles murphy but have you had a chance to go back and watch any more of miles murphy's tape i've watched like 10 games at this point yeah okay break it down what are you seeing i see Okay, this is the biggest thing. And I, I know there is some advanced analytics that say like, oh, his ceiling is probably like an NFL starter. I think that's a likely outcome. I don't think that's the ceiling though, because every time you have one of these 200, there's four things that are going to go into why I think he has a re, pro bowl, all, maybe fringe all pro level ceiling. You look at the size, he's 270 plus pounds. You look at, and he's got good length with that. He's above 50 percentile arm length at just under 34 inches. He has a super explosive get off at the 91st percentile when it comes to his 10 yard split. I know he didn't jump well. When he has to start vertical jumping to uh, get off the ball, I'll be concerned. Right now, you know, he's exploding off of the ball. He's a little bit of a, a snap jumper sometimes. So that comes up as he'll get a, an encroachment or a neutral zone sometimes, but um, super explosive get off. And then to go with all three of those, he was a very, very highly touted recruit coming out of high school. So we combine all four of those things, you know, you've got the size plus the movement ability, plus the length, plus him producing at a young age and being a high level recruit. Those guys almost always go in the top 15. Uh, that's just where I am with it is just the NFL has always valued these guys as top 15 picks. Where was Miles Murphy supposed to go in the top 15? He was basically a more productive Rashawn Gary this past year in his, in college, super athlete. He's got the size, everything. He just didn't have the sacks and the production to meet that. My, I mean, 
Murphy ended with what uh, I, I believe six and a half sacks is last year, around eight sacks, I believe seven and a half, maybe his sophomore year as a 19 year old uh, Gary three and a half sacks is last year. And I think he peaked at five in his sophomore year. And then you look at my comparison is Jason Pierre Paul, who was a five-star recruit from junior college and then had six and a half sacks his last year, six and a half sacks, right? Five-star recruit. Similar arm length, similar ability, similar everything. He has to become more refined to hit these ceilings. And that's why I think that these guys didn't play that well when they started. Um, Ziggy Ansa, if you remember him, also a similar profile where he was less productive in college than Murphy, but he had that blend of size, movement, ability, and everything else to uh, become, I think he peaked at like 14 sacks in the league. Uh, when you're looking at Pierre Paul, he had, I believe, a 16 and a half sack his second year in the league. I'm not predicting that for Murphy, but uh, that'd be cool. Uh, and Rashawn Gary, just this past year, I believe, led the league in pressures or was near it and had nine sacks. The arrows pointing up for him. Uh, I think he's going to hit double digit sacks. So when you have all of those things, I think you have a 10 to 12 sack future at least as a ceiling and maybe more if you can get really refined. I don't think Murphy knows exactly what he's doing as a pass rusher yet. And there's gonna be a lot on this and an article I have coming out that will probably be out by the time you're listening to this. But uh, yeah, I, I think the ceiling is very high. I don't think we should just look at one metric that downplays it. And the biggest part of that, Jason Pierre Paul broke one of those metrics when he came out, they predicted him to get four and a half sacks in his first five seasons. And he had 16 and a half sacks his second year. So uh, that didn't work. <laughs> and uh, they're predicting Murphy to get four and a half sacks a year or so. I think year one. Yeah. That, that seems about it. Right. I think he's going to beat that by his third year, year two. I can still see four and a half sacks, but I'm thinking as long as he's on the projection curve that I have in my mind for him, he's probably getting the seven, eight sacks by his third year. And you're hoping by the time he's still 21, you're hoping by the time he's 25, 26, 27, he starts getting into that 10 sacks, 11 sacks, 12 sacks range. So that's all I wanted to say about that. Cause I've thought about that a lot and I, I've gone through a bunch of guys that have similar profiles who all go in the top 15 picks other than, I believe Emmanuel Ogbo was the only guy I could find that didn't that had all of that and didn't go in the top 15. And he went 32 and he has had nine sack seasons as well. So that's everything I got to say about Miles Murphy and the ceiling and my debate between that and uh, the analytics that say that, you know, this wasn't a good pick. He's just got starter level ceiling. Well, Zach Taylor said uh, they couldn't believe he was there for a reason. And I think a lot of people needed sleep on Thursday night when they woke up Friday morning. They're all in on Miles Murphy now. So really, really fun pick. And I'm really excited to see what he's able to do. Like you said, four and a half sacks his rookie year. I take it. Sign me up right now. And if that only keeps growing for him, then, then good news for the defensive line. We'll get to the wide receiver room next time. It's always game day in Cincinnati. <laughs> 